I've become a mumbler, a mumbler, like to avoid being a loud talker because everyone hates and, loud talkers. Yeah, being 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 the loudest white guy in the room too is always fucking. <laughs> They're like, I know you, and you're like, let me give tell you, you a chance. Let me tell it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody say John Carpenter. Anyway, Ooh, you thought it was the perfect pour. Turns out, there's a little more. That's alright, baby. I'll wipe up the spill. It's just... The Extra Squeeze. talking about assault on precinct 13 1976 written directed edited and scored by john carpenter his second feature film following dark star the film is a 98 percent from critics on rotten tomatoes like countless carpenter films released in the 1970s and 80s it was a critical and commercial disappointment upon its release but has garnered prestige and popularity gradually over a period of decades and is now seen as an era classic an unlikely partnership between a highway patrol officer, two prison inmates, and a station secretary forms when a defunct police precinct is besieged by bloodthirsty street gang. I am joined today by my friend and fellow court jester, our man in Minneapolis, Pace Winkles. What's happening? And this was his selection, so my se- without further ado. My selection from the selection you provided me with. <laughs> Sp- I, w- I would like you to speak to... Uh, your reason for picking this of the list that you were provided and John Carpenter in general. Love, love me some Carpenter. You got to. Um, I picked this one in particular. I flipped through every single one you sent me. Um, and it was a, it was a fantastic list of just re- of, of good, of good pulp movies. That was the worst way I could phrase that. Um, but I picked Assault on Precinct 13 because it was, uh, real real early on in, in Carpenter's career and I love seeing I love seeing the formative uh, films of uh, particularly iconic filmmakers like Carpenter because that sometimes they uh, they really differ from the early work um, and I don't think that was necessarily the case with precinct 13 uh, but uh, yeah I picked... dude it was so it was so in the pocket mm-hmm. it was so it was. in the pocket no it, it definitely like... was wheelhouse for sure the um man such a good okay what a solid what a solid flick like i had no okay so i had never seen this mm. um this is my first time seeing it uh obviously i'm also a huge carpenter fan but uh from the like from the credits and the score like the driving score like right from the from jump i'm like yes i'm into this like the and in the, the in the organ in the organ sections there's genuinely some moments where it's like is riders on the storm about to start right now <laughs> it's like rayman zarek on the keys right now that soundtrack was pinnacle 
car the, the movie the movie just... is the movie is drum tight mm-hmm. the movie is drum tight yeah. it's like 90 minutes here are the characters and we're in and we're out mm-hmm. like it was so snappy yep and I appreciate that quality about, like, all of his movies. I do, too. He doesn't drag ass with the world, and he doesn't drag ass with the characters. That's that's usually one of my biggest gripes with movies is I'm like, yeah, this is fun, but you got, you got just too much into, like, the background of characters. And he just, he always keeps moving with everything, you know? He, he always has great uh, momentum, and Precinct 13 uh, did not fall short on, on that. I mean, he just kept plowing through with everything. He was fucking wild man it was just it's something that i've grown to appreciate like more not as i get a little older but like the more movies i watch is that if i get into a conversation with someone and and i'm like oh like what's what what's a movie like a movie a filmmaker that you you know revere you like really appreciate and they're like Oh, you know, like a Kubrick or like Scorsese. It's like, oh, okay. So like, you know, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Like, I've had that conversation. Like, not because that's not a valid opinion to have, but because it's like, I've had that conversation a thousand times now. Like, I've gone down that road a thousand times. You, you now. expect if someone's it, like, yeah. If someone's like, I really like the movies of John Carpenter, I'm like, okay, so you know, you you actually have an opinion. You, ha- you understand like what makes a movie good. Like... Like not because the movies are like <laughs> magnificent cinema, but from a from a screenplay structure and an editing and like a workmanlike uh, appreciation of film. Well, that's why we got like, yeah. I mean, that's why we got together today to tell you that your opinions are invalid and that Kubrick <laughs> and Scorsese suck. That's no, why they're right. obviously great. But that's the other thing I want to note is that like Assault on Precinct Thirteen is like obviously now culturally revered it's like a cult classic so i don't feel the need to like oh here's it's good everyone you should watch it like everyone already knows it's good it's already you know i didn't know that though going into this i had no context for it at all i really had no idea i talked to uh, my buddy tom and he was like oh did you watch the new one or the old one i was like fucking the old one of course okay okay (laughs) so there's a remake there's a remake of this film that was made in 2005 starring ethan hawk and lawrence fishburne no disrespect to those those actors i'm going to pass though i'm gonna pass i'm not gonna watch that it's it's i i <laughs> but that's the other thing is like a movie that's that's uh so tight on the script and i do kind of want to do like a a beat for beat go through of the plot because there are some excellent moments i want to unpack with you but the movie is is timeless partially due to the fact i think that and i didn't know this upon going into it i learned this after the fact but like halfway through the movie i'm like am i watching western is this just a western right now Are, is this am i just watching like a western and then i of course after the fact i realize it's explicitly based on rio bravo um oh. the john wayne movie rio bravo uh like the entire structure of it john carpenter wanted to make a western but didn't have the budget to make a period movie because he only had 100 grand so he set he made a western but set it in los angeles in this pol- police precinct to cheapen to cheapen the budget mm-hmm. And he specifically said it was a kind of a combination of Night of the Living Dead and uh, Rio Bravo, and that's why it's like that's why that's why it's like the gang, the street gang, Street Thunder, uh, the the ethnographically diverse street gang of thirty six year old teenagers. <laughs> it was it was diverse and that's what i liked about it the Do- dollar tree uh che guevara i was and thinking the, the same the... thing i was like what did i 
was like, wow, he's he's going but, for uh, it. And what we'll, I want to, we'll dive into all that in a in a, mo- in, a mo- in a moment. Um, <laughs> the plot is like, oh, it's you got this character, this character. Oh, and they're all coming together. Mm-hmm. Like when they start to collide at the police precinct. Yep. When the when the the factors come together to put them all in one place at one time for the siege, I'm like. Oh, I'm like this is an old cowboy movie. Even down, even down to the way that like the characters talk and like their relationships with each other, and kind of like the hokiness of the dialogue. It's it's interesting because I, I never, I wouldn't have had that opinion if you hadn't given me this background for it. Um, I went in going, um, I wonder how pro cop this is going to be. That was kind of my curiosity. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Who, was, who would shoot at a police station? <laughs> that was what I was wondering. I went in and I was... Because I didn't even know what the plot was about. And I was like... I read and I was like... Uh, mm, okay. <laughs> and like, being from Minneapolis and of recent events, I was just... Due to recent events, I was like... um. Huh. <laughs> What's this? The movie the movie essentially like? but but what I appreciate is that the movie essentially eschews that entirely, you know, due to the fact that it's it's like these five people who really have no reason to be there because yeah. it's a defunct police station, mm-hmm. you know. No, it wasn't it But it does call into question. That is that is the confusing part and I okay, structurally I think the script is like so tight even though line for line and I will go through a list of quotes I've I've pulled up Thank for this. you. Um I will list uh, but but uh the 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 structure of the script is is fantastic. Uh but there is a, some something that I don't understand which is like the movie opens with a a, a group of the street gang being murdered. And so mm-hmm. they do a blood pact, mm-hmm. paralosis for the six, and then they all dip their fingers in, you know, the hepatitis corn. There's syrup. a lot of blood. And, There's a lot and, of blood and, in that bowl. And 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 I don't. Okay, so they're they have they're swearing vengeance on the police for the the murdered members of their of their gang. Right. And that's why they're they're getting revenge on the police. Uh-huh. But then also. They are assaulting the police station because uh, the character um, played by um, looking for uh, Martin West uh, Lawson, um, the grief dad, grief dad, uh, yeah. grief, grief dad. Um, he, like they're also attacking the police station because he's in there, and it's sort of unclear, like. It- that if they're talking to police station because he's in there, or because of are they already swore vengeance on the police because of. What they call in the film the the cholo because of that's right <laughs> quote unquote because quote of un- the cholo be, be, quote unquote then they and they dump the blood on the ground that's and right. they they throw a banner and I appreciate that moment because in a movie that was made today uh that shot of them dropping the banner I'm imagining if like Zack Snyder directed that like it would be this <laughs> glorious like. Like uh, the and the the Shining. banner like has blood, om- yeah. blood yeah, almost yeah, yeah, splashing yeah. off of the banner as it, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate like John Carpenter's just like this is a street gang. Look at this dirty sheet. They're just like here it is, boom, boom, blood on the ground. Right here's just a shot. Here's just a shot of it. We're moving on now. So what? What I, I so I watched this alone and I well aside from with my dog, but I I was open mouthed. When they killed the little girl, I didn't oh, think Margaret? that was gonna happen. Margaret, come man. on, bro, come on, I, dude, d- come you know on, what? man. 
Daddy, 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 the ice cream man. Look. I was like, you're getting blasted. Hey, I was like, man. that kid is getting blasted. You gotta, you gotta let him know if you didn't get your twist. All right? All right, bro? You gotta go back and you gotta say, hey, man, I know you're driving around slinging ice cream, but get my fucking order right, huh? That's the balls of that little girl to go back. Hey, this is vanilla. <laughs> yeah, because the, the, the reason her dad and her are on this sort of harebrained trip to convince her babysitter to come live with them. The dad's really into that. Uh, I did like the exposition for that whole car ride. <laughs> it's like, like, so go like, over your lines again. <laughs> I was like, what are you fucking trying to get this girl to do, man? But, Why? Um, yeah, her, her, that, God, that ice cream scene was, was... And I know that there was some quibbling back and forth with the distributor of the, and the like whether to take that scene in or out. So the cut that he showed the distributors was what had the ice cream scene excised, and then he just gave them the full copy with that scene in it to distribute it. That was a rough scene, um, man. I didn't feel good watching dude, that. I didn't getting, think she was going to get gunned down, man. I, wa- I lo- but I do like her precocious eyes. Ah, hey, this isn't Vanilla Twist. It's like you hassled him about being closed. He was trying He's to protect clear. you. Uh, He's trying like, to protect you. This is just regular. This is just regular vanilla. And then he, sh- the 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 street uh, thug shoots her with a, a BB gun Luger. Uh, the gun sounds in this movie are are quaint. I will say that the gun sounds. The I like that with the silencers when we finally, I'm cutting ahead a little bit, but with the gunfights, I loved like the actual sounds of the silencer going through because it felt like, it felt like you, a real body being struck by buckshot. Oh, when that older police, yeah, this, okay, so I, yeah, that was the thing I was going to say, like there are going to be a lot of spoilers, I just kind of wanted to. But, sorry, the, sorry, the movie's about, been yeah. out since 76, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's sorry I for the spoilers, that's guys. That's sort of a, a thing with, a thing with like this show in general is just that, uh, you know, that's not why I'm talking about it. I'm not like, oh, you should come convince me to go see it. It's like, I want to unpack the gems of older movies that we, we wouldn't have watched otherwise. <laughs> There's sort of this preeminence of like, this police station is being defunct because it's in Anderson. And Anderson is the spooky part of South Central <laughs> where because the, 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 no one but police don't ever go <laughs> like the, 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 you know what I mean like there's there's sort of like a like a supernatural quality to everything yes like the yeah. street gangs are basically zombies they're basically zombies <laughs> when I read the when I read the logline I'm like oh a street gang attacks the, the police precinct I'm like oh so it's gonna be like these six guys I'm seeing like these four guys like yeah. they're kind of the main gang and then about like that hour mark they, they cut to the dark and they just a swarm. Mm-hmm. Just a swarm, this swarm of like a hundred guys. I was like, oh. Zombies with oh, great a- jawlines. <laughs> They're all here and we're, we're here. <laughs> Absurd, dude. Absurd. Like it really, the movie for something that's so pared down, the climax of the of them storming and having to, <laughs> the, the climax of the film uh, which I would do want to unpack in more detail. Like it, it doesn't make me feel like for a movie that's so old. It doesn't make me feel like I was shortchanged. I'm not like, oh, that no. should have been bigger. That should have been. I wish there was more visceral violence or anything so crazy. Like I, that. So when it was sort of building, I kind of thought it was one of those and '70s movies 
crazy fucking violent, which I forget sometimes. Like, very yeah. violent yeah. era yeah. of films. But, like, sometimes I have it in my mind. I'm going to be like, oh, so this was sort of, like, early in the career before, like, all of the build and the violence. So I'm like, maybe I have to savor each violent moment. And then when the when he killed the little girl, I was like, this this is only the beginning. I was like, <laughs> I was like the, so the opening. I was like, okay, so that was like that was a good way to start it. You know, that was uh, tense right away. You're setting you're setting the precedent. The yeah. score the score is really making you feel yeah. like even with the sunny shots or like something is is like dominance. You know, it's looming. Yeah, something's something, going yeah. down. It's going 100%. down. The movie shot. It's in it's in that carpenter. Uh, two, three, five, one, like that extra wide, that, that like, it's it's like, okay, barren streets of sunny Los Angeles. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't foresee it getting as crazy violent as it did. And I was so excited by the end of it because it was like, there's some sick shit there's in there, some dude. Sick when shit. That, that shot, dude, that shotgun throw. Oh, when uh, Bishop Bishop finally gives Napoleon the shotgun, mm-hmm. throws that shotgun and turns around. Whips coming up when they're coming up the staircase. Do he... it's well, speak yeah, speaking of quick question before yeah. anything else. Got a smoke. I, damn it. Damn you. I was just <laughs> <gonna> <laughs> He should have been on the blue collar comedy tour with that fucking catchphrase, man. He was like powering <laughs> through with ever like I could, I could hear the audience just erupting at every fucking <laughs> got a smoke. He was like, he fucking said it, dude. He fucking said I did. It. I did. I watched this movie alone, um, relatively sleep deprived. Good. Um, and uh, it did. I laughed out loud a few times. I did too. I laughed. At, I balked out loud when when Margaret got shot. <laughs> you uh, son of a bitch! <laughs> like not not like laughter, not like laughter, like a like a ha ha ha, but like a <laughs> like a like whoa! I made an audible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and a few of those got a smoke. I did. I was like, I God damn it! Every it's time with this man, guy, you gotta have one. Uh, yeah. Some quotes in here that ambiguous quotes. Um, chicken night and turkey. I don't. I, Chicken I don't know turkey. what that means. Uh, I don't know what that means either. I should have known here's, that. Here's here's another one, another Napoleon Wilson gem. Uh, when you're in my position, days are like women. They're so precious. They always end up leaving you. Wow, Napoleon. <laughs> John, wow. John Carpenter. He's a. It's that like a. Brave. That's what I wanted to touch on. He's a script structuralist. Mm-hmm. Like the story beats. And the the plotting is 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 like crystalline perfect, but yeah. the actual like character writing is like ooh, well, that's you know? that's how like that's so reminiscent. Sometimes of, it sorry of the of that period. Go yeah, ahead. it was just reminiscent. We watched uh, Big Trouble in Little China not too long ago, and Kurt Russell's fucking Excellent. character in there has so many lines like Napoleon does in this. So he just he just <laughs> likes those lines. Did you get your check, Jack? It's in the mail. Checks. I don't. Bites the I wrote down. Dude, Kurt Russell and John Carpenter is such an iconic. It's great, duo. man. Like he always picks it. I fucking love. I love Kurt Russell. Like I, I really didn't appreciate him enough before. Like that, that those movies are so mm. good, so good. Like the thing and Big Trouble are so good. You introduced me to the thing, which is one of my favorite horrors of all time so and I, well, I was just listening to uh your and logan's episode on the fly and i had no idea that 
sorry, a sidebar, that the, the thing was like critically panned. <clears throat> yeah, no like idea. it wasn't, it was not. And, and dude, like that's why in the intro, so many John Carpenter movies, like he had such, such an iconic run. Uh, run. Yeah. Here, hold on. I'm just going to just pause for IMDb. If you if you if you'll allow me, please. We could just pause pause for IMDb here. Go- I did just want to throw out. Um, I don't sit in chairs as well as I used to. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was born I was born out of time. <laughs> All right, Napoleon. Some badass shit, Napoleon. This, this, um, but let me just go through this this please. list. Following um, assault on precinct thirteen, he follows up precinct thirteen with Halloween. Uh, igniting that as a genre entirely, and I watched it this passing holiday holiday season, this past mm-hmm. Halloween, and Halloween again. The score, the pacing, it's like this still hits. I don't care how many sequels are trash, whatever. This movie is like still good. Oh, yeah. Um, the fog, Escape from New York, The Thing, Christine. Starman, Big Trouble, Little China, mm-hmm. Prince of Darkness, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Then he kind of goes into that worse, like, 90s period. But, like, that's, like, two decades of just, like... Beat after beat cla- after beat, Just man. classic. Yeah. Just, just like, ding, ding, ding. And I was skipping titles in there as well. Like, um, excellent, dude. Excellent. And he's still making scores for movies. He's making video games now. Ooh. Like, John Carpenter... Yeah. John Carpenter's, like... Still active. That's man. great. I appreciate it. Okay, so speaking of like kind of, there's some flat, the flat acting. Um, the actor who played, um, I'll give the movie credit here. So Julie, one poor, a secretary who unfortunately is killed during the course of the mm-hmm. film, uh, and they're traumatized about that for like, I don't know, forty five seconds. Uh, yeah, they re- like you know what I mean. Fast. They re- they really they re- they take it hard, and then they're like, "All right." And, I mean, I guess they're you know they're going to be killed. So. She was trying to sell them down the river too, the, or at least uh, Stan, or trauma. Dad. Stands to reason. But let me just look, the 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 thing is, so the character of Lee, um, Lori, the the actress uh, Lori Zimmer, mm. she felt that her performance in the film was uh, lacking, like was was not good. And apparently John Carpenter comforted her and was like, no, your performance is, is good. Um, but I think he was b- being generous to her. Like, I, I do think her performance is, there's some, it's pretty flat. Like, there are some lines in there with uh, with Lee where it's mm-hmm. like, not great. No, it's not. But, not, not but John's being a good guy. You got you to tell your actors, yeah, that's, being a good but guy. I'm, but that's what, good. yeah, to this woman who is now potentially passed away, um, <laughs> I, I, I think her her performance was lacking mm. in the film. I'm I'm I don't, again not as I get older, but as I see more movies, I I gr- grow to appreciate just the actual craftsmanship that went into making the movie. Like I was thinking when watching this, like oh man, the lighting setups are great, and I thought um, that potentially it was Dean Cundy who did the lighting for the thing or the photography <laughs> for the thing, and uh, Escape from New York and so many other John Carpenter movies. But the the this movie was shot. Uh, by a guy named Doug Knapp, K-N-A-P-P, Doug Knapp. And uh, Doug Knapp has been this the camera operator for, like, all of Star Trek Voyager and all of Star oh. Trek Enterprise and did the camera for, like, Terrence Malick movies and was the camera guy who, sh- who like, pulled focus for Escape from New York and The Fog and all this stuff. Like, 
I thought that like for a movie like when you think the movie when the movie was shot with a hundred grand, dude, hundred thousand bucks, nothing, um, and like not a dime was wasted. It's like that kind mm-hmm. of movie, where it's like it's all in there. They keep it tight, you know? man. Yeah, I mean that that no, that no that scene, <laughs> that scene where they when the street gang shoots up the precinct. There's a sequence where they just everyone's bare down. They're just sh- they're just shooting yep. up the place. I, w- I I it went on for so long. I was like, "Am I hallucinating? Like, is this scene was going on for like unreasonable? <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Is this was going on for unreasonably long?" Uh, and I went so I went back and played it again and timed it, and it's it's damn near ninety seconds. Jesus Christ! It's literally it's literally a minute and a half of like. Ping, psh, bang, a lot of ricochet, <laughs> a lot of ricochet in that scene. It was nice. The sound design too, though, man. I mean, all of it just and they kept it. That's another thing I, I love about uh, Carpenter movies too. He likes his confined spaces. He likes keeping it. He likes keeping it tight. He likes keeping the people together. And I never saw this as um, being like Night of the Living Dead, but it it is so it's deadly similar to that keeping they're vir- dude they're virtually like zombies mm-hmm. like they're like during a huge portion oh espe- okay especially when they they drag all the dead bodies away and it's like nothing ever nothing ever happened yep. <laughs> and the co- and the and a, a fucking fred and barney flintstone cops <laughs> are driving around looking for the looking for the, the situation well there couldn't be anything happening at, at the old poli- police precinct <laughs> Nobody's been in there in 40 years. All right, all right, we'll check. Wasting our time. And they and and and, and, and oh, yeah, that's right. They can't uh, they can't get a helicopter over there because there's not enough helicopters. Oh my god. And that's that's why that's why we need to refund the police cuz uh, that's <laughs> why we got together today. That was what we really wanted to tell everybody. In the in the way that uh, that it's like an old western, it does do that like well, I'm a police officer, and I'm a secretary, mm-hmm. and we're two inmates. Like, aren't we the unlikely uh, like group of people to to be defending the police precinct? Yep. But I think in that, like, it it doesn't. Again, I'll give them credit; they don't do anything cheap. There's a little bit of a vibe between Napoleon Wilson and and Lee. Oh yeah. Oh, there's a, there's a little bit of a vibe, but there. But that's what I'm. But what I appreciate about movies, sort of from this era. Is that like you could you could put in a little bit of that spice, mm-hmm. a little bit of that like a little bit of that chemistry, and you're like, yeah, I feel it. I feel it's like that's sort of a vibe. Yeah. But the movie doesn't. Act, they don't. There's no weird kiss. There's no weird like you know. And then oh, and then he got out of jail because uh, and then they lived happily ever. You know what yep. I mean? It's like just it's just enough little flavor in there. Yeah, it's it's the smoke coming out of the end of the shotgun, man. You get you fire one blast <laughs> and you just get. Just get that little whiff of gunpowder, you know? It's nice. <laughs> it's tickling your nostrils. I wrote everyone rocking a Walther in the car except for the guy with the AR. Like, where do they get a hold of these fucking guns? Well that's like the only that's like the only plot point we get that basically sets off the whole the whole yeah. thing is that like this street gang has stolen all these weapons, the cops killed a group of them, and they've developed this war. Listen, that's a, <laughs> it's just so wild. Like this vision of, because uh, this was such a huge genre of seventies and eighties B movies was like, 
Los Angeles littered by lit, like deadly street mm-hmm. gangs. But it's not like <laughs> regular street gangs who are just trying to distribute some some fentanyl and like make some money. They're like, we're gonna kill the police, like armed militia, like yeah. you know, Mad Max level stuff. Like that was such a seventies, eighties warriors, <laughs> like, to, yeah, like, Los Angeles, fucking, yeah, like. Oh my god! Yeah, like they. They start out with such a small. They have that core group of gang members at the very beginning, the Paralosis. Yeah, and, and one of the guys, the the, the scringy looking white guy, is uh, <laughs> one of like the one of the gutter punks from Escape from New York. Is he really? Like he comes oh, back. Nice. Yeah. He's been, and I assume he's been in multiple Carpenter stuff. Projects. Probably, but I. But yeah, you can't get a handle. What I appreciate about that group is like, what does this gang represent? What What are their what morals? Are what are they What are they trying to accomplish here? <laughs> were they protect Were they protecting a neighborhood? And and they, was there a lot of cop violence against them? It's you know right, but. Okay, but, but are, because that's the thing, you just get that scene that that lets you know they're real bad guys when they drive around the neighborhood and just scope out random people and put their gun scope on them. They were, and then don't shoot them. <laughs> I heard. I seriously heard. Not today. <laughs> looking down the barrel at an old lady, and I was just like, "What the fuck is this about?" I was like, "Gotta establish their pure evil, man." Right. Trading a right. gun this, on an old lady. This is, this is right, like. They really, they, they do this blood pact, dozens of them to die in the slaughter of this police precinct. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they a wave of them attacks the, that's the cholo, though. Is like, they they are willing to, they are willing to, to, to die. And this is the movie's, <laughs> this was the movie's words. We're not, we're not just <laughs> labeling him the cholo. That is exactly what they refer to no, him No, I'm not referring to, I'm not referring to it as an individual. It's like literally referred to as like a generalized concept where it's yeah. like a, a pact or it's mm-hmm. like a, mo, it's like Austin Powers Mojo where you're it like, because the, of this, this thing, we're like gonna, mm-hmm. att- we're gonna become Call of Duty zombies. But like, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't see it expanding. Like, I thought, okay, so this core group of gang members, they're they're the bad motherfuckers. They're like, they're the they're the yeah. tightest unit. I didn't know they were all just gonna be crawling out of the fucking sewers halfway through. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're coming out of the trees. It was bananas to watch. I was like, we started with we started with this small unit, and I'm like, where the fuck did these hundred literal hundreds of members come from? And by the end, they're fighting them off in a tunnel. <laughs> It's fucking insurgents. And they're just fucking. They're going for it. No, it's, it's a tactical thing where they a, a group of them are pushing. They are pushing automobiles toward the, the <laughs> Yes. Like like again like wagons like wagons. They are pushing these cars toward the police precinct to shoot at them, and then they move them back to disguise if anything is happening. They're quick. They're strong and they're quick. <laughs> That's what we gotta know about this gang. It's awesome, dude. It's awesome. And again, very, very simple. Low budget. Mm-hmm. Like, you just need a bunch of film students to be extras and uh, a guy who knows how to get a good light. You Hell know? yeah. The guy who played Napoleon Wilson, uh, Jostin, um, he was John Carpenter's neighbor at the time that they made this movie. And that just awesome. to me seems like such. Like, uh, we need a guy to play. Um, Napoleon. Hey, 
You would be good. You're in the movie now. You know, <laughs> you're in the, you're in the, you're, uh, my, my neighbor's you're been doing in. performances for a community theater. I'd love to get him on board <laughs> for my second film. Right, like he's been a background extra in westerns for 60s TV for the past decade. It's like a once upon a time in Hollywood situation. It is. Oh, it totally <laughs> is. Uh, here's some good. Here's some good. Uh, black. For over thirty years. For over thirty years. Like, <laughs> then like but why did he apologize for that? He goes, "Sorry, and I'm just like, what? The? I was like, what? Why? <laughs> that dialogue made me the way she the way she turns the way she turns to him, and he go, and he's like, for over thirty years, and then kind of smiles. I'm like. Am I gonna have to jerk off to this movie? <laughs> <laughs> is this, like this is—I thought this was a B movie, a B level movie, not a, not that kind of B movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, she gave him like this. What the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> like, like, why are you looking at him like that? I think. It, I mean, there was also a weird. There was like stuff to imply that he he. It, I mean, it was his first day on the job, but stuff to imply that like he didn't exactly fit in. Like he shows up and uh, Jeffrey Jeter is playing the the police captain who he's taking over for the night mm-hmm. for at the at the place. The, okay, and then and, the uh, new guy is taking over he, for the captain. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bishop is taking and and he's he's like expressing to him. The captain is expressing to him all the crimes that have happened over the night. Yeah. And he's like, uh, it could be sunspots uh, could be. in the atmosphere coming. I heard it on the radio. And it's like this weird, like, sort of like. I didn't know like, what that was about. I, I thought, I, I was like, I, is this supposed to convey awkwardness? Like, he, they, you know, he's on a different wavelength than these guys. But it's such a strange interaction. Yeah. Was that, was that <laughs> his attempt at small talk? Could be Yeah, like, it was, I think it was like. Yeah. It's you like, you know, he's kind of about? like an. He's, yeah, like he's kind of an awkward. He's like a bit of an awkward guy. A little bit. A little bit. He's doing kind of like a that actor. I gotta. I have his his uh, name in my notes, and I do want to say his but his his actual name, uh, Austin Stoker. Mm-hmm. He's doing kind of like a James Earl Jones thing. Did you did you find that? I felt like he was like in his voice, like in his timbre. He was doing kind of a. a it's a siege. It's a goddamn siege. Like I, I can't do the tonality. But. I, don't, don't do your best James Earl Jones on the show. That's a, yeah, that's a, <laughs> please don't. Right, close into the microphone. No, Luke, I'm God, your father. Fucking damn it. <laughs> it's this new, it's this new like millennial uh, focus. Keep ad, this in. Don't like, you dare cut this from the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's Remember when when Hunter's fucking brain brick ass thought that uh, an ad would be like a good a good fucking bit to include and it wasn't funny at all? Didn't didn't connect. Yeah, that's the energy I like to have. On Hell podcast. yeah, man! <laughs> no, that's another cool. podcast, the Super Bowl commercial podcast with with Hunter. Uh, <laughs> back to assault on precinct. Back to assault on precinct thirteen. Uh, but <laughs> so with a with a movie like this. Uh, in terms of aging, we'll say this about like one. It by by its tight by its tight narrative, it kind of eschews the whole like police question. Uh, but also, apart from Julie, who is slaughtered, unfortunately, mm. uh, the movie does like. I'll give John Carpenter credit for that. Uh, Lee is like 
you know, an actual character. She's like an actual person. Yep. Like the women aren't necessarily like hysterical. Like they're not. They're neither of them are more terrified than any regular person would be in this situation. Yeah, they they and, stayed strapped too, man. Like they and, were. Oh, dude, when when she like flicks that revolver closed, like he showed, yeah. he does this gun segments when they're like when they're all teaming up and get it ready. She like flicks it closed, and I was like, hell yeah! yeah like, I, saw, I was like, I saw yeah. you rehearsing this backstage, yeah. man. You yeah. made that look fucking badass. Well, it was awesome. well, yeah, flick. <laughs> it's like, yeah, fuck yeah. It was nice. Um, but like, I okay as as someone who like because I do the po- the the podcast mm. and and I like older movies in general. When you watch movies from different the the past, it's like just too so much, dude. There's like a woman just shows up as like a hysterical, you know, obfuscation to a scenario, yeah. or like this like is treated as like totally unreasonable mm-hmm. in a in a situation. Like is you know, it just sucks. It just sucks. Yeah. So when you watch a movie from like '76 and you're like, hey, you know, there's a re- you know. That's pretty, pretty good job. Pretty good job. We're going to applaud. That All was brave. Considered. That was progressive. That, that was, was a, brave. Yeah, it's just, just very soft brave. Very soft, soft, soft claps. Yeah, <laughs> for soft. Progress. Very, pretty good. <laughs> I fucking wrote, um, so this, this back, backpedaling a little bit to before um, Trauma Dad runs in. Uh, when he's on the run and he just shot one of the gang members, it's pitch black and it's sort it seems like it's off in the side of the road like kind of like kind of desert sideline of it's of in LA. some sort of like undeveloped like property plot yeah. you know cuz it's it close looks, enough that he can run it looks vast and he's running through the darkness and he just arrives at a glowing phone booth <laughs> it just i seemed, thought that shot was awesome i thought that was great i thought that looked awesome it baffled me a little bit because i got the impression he was like in the middle of fucking nowhere looking at that like i couldn't tell but, exactly but, where he but was see there's there's several things in the script that i'm like oh you just really literally adapted a western and and like set it in the middle of los angeles and it kind of makes no sense that no one shows up like there's stuff yeah. like that right where mm-hmm. it's like Oh, the telephone lines are shut down because the police precinct is defunct. And like, oh, like no one goes over here. Like, there's not there. A helicopter can't spot it, and like no one ever drives through that part mm-hmm. of town. And then, like that exactly that sequence where it's like he's running away, and then runs into the into the police precinct. It's like like it's an old western town, mm-hmm. and no one's around, and somehow no one is there to help, ever. Like they're all inside in the street at all. Like the man, like the ice cream truck man, and the oh, because of the silencers, I guess because of the silencers. Like Mm -hmm. the ice cream man and Margaret can just be shot in the street, and it's like, see that nothing. That was when it was like a Marty Robbins song. That was when Texas Red rolled into (laughs) town, and he he locked everybody down. They closed their windows, but the ice cream man. He was packing, man. That was that was admirable. If you're rolling around in 1976 in an ice cream truck, you better have a fucking hand cannon. And he did not Dude, disappoint there. Fun, okay. Not to pinpoint precisely where I live, but I live in uh, a neighborhood in uh, West Queens, and my neighborhood is proliferate with uh, ice cream trucks when it's not, you know, freezing cold outside. Um, there are ice cream trucks okay. all the time. Pandemic notwithstanding, uh, and did not get in their way. Always ice cream trucks, like three or four a day. Uh, I assume out of, out of, I assume out of at least one of those ice cream trucks, one of those guys has a gun. Pro- probably. I mean, 
what one in four ice cream men? I mean, one in four ice cream men recommends uh, a snub nose thirty eight. <laughs> Short range, <laughs> get the job done. Defend against violent street thunder and <laughs> overly precocious children with the police issue snub nose thirty eight for ice cream men. <laughs> he issued such a quick warning too when the dad was just hovering over his dog. Okay, uh, also another thing. Dad abandoned the corpse of his daughter. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about this. I wanted to talk to you about this. I mulled over this like while I was while I was watching it, I was thinking about this. I'm like, okay. It was so your daughter has been shot dead in the street, and this guy is has told you like, oh, there's a gun right there. Mm-hmm. And I was conflicted. I was like, do you stay with the body like this is your only chance this is your most immediate chance you're full of adrenaline and rage like you gotta go after the guy got to you know i gotta give him credit there okay his daughter got got and he was like immediate immediate revenge and he got the guy you know <laughs> he did he, he stared got he did he got he got the guy he put him down right uh then turned into a, a near vegetable for the rest of the film. He was kind of confusing. He was absent. Kind of, he was cowering. Kind of confusingly. In my notes, in my notes, I was like, "All right, we've got 15 minutes left. Will Dad come out of his grief coma to do anything?" <laughs> and that, and it, and because I thought there was going to be a moment. I thought that was a classic. That is a classic old school movie thing where it's like, I mean, dude, think Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. Mr. Orange is like bleeding on the ground. And Mr. Blonde is torturing the police officer, and you're like, oh, man, there's no one to help. There's no one to help. Ah, there he is. Like, spoilers for Reservoir Dogs. If you haven't seen Reservoir Dogs, go. This is. Just go, go, go watch, go watch, go watch. This is not spoiler doing, podcast, man. This is not a 101 class. Uh, <laughs> it, like, in a bunch of old movies, there's always, like, like the old cowboy who's wounded, mm. or there's, like, the sick guy, and he comes out in, like, the 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 first part of the third act to like do a clutch save, you know, when all hope is never, lost. Ha- never had right. When, right. In the moment of like, no one is there to help mm-hmm. grief. Dad is going to unveil his blanket <laughs> and he's going to fucking, and he's going to still have the fucking gun. And he's get, like, it didn't happen. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I, and I get, I get being overcome with rage and wanting to exact your revenge on the men who murdered your daughter. But he, just he ran like abandoned her corpse that was the thing like i thought he was gonna pop a few off and like hang by his daughter and hopefully drive her somewhere but no he peeled off and left his daughter on the road but 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 let me but let me counter with this devil's advocate let me counter with this spirit has flown the spirits but (laughs) proper ceremony (laughs) burial The little girl wanted her, you know, do something nice and themed, like you know, like a, 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 a chocolate on her. On yeah, a chocolate vanilla coffin. And, and is that what this was? Vanilla twist, vanilla and chocolate twist. I believe so. Yeah. Twist is. yeah, it's the nice. That's what I was confused nice about. I was like, is she actually angry that he gave her a hard scoop vanilla instead of just vanilla soft serve in a in a twist? Like, I wasn't even really sure what that the distinction was. Okay, God. And, and it's like, come on, man. Like, read the social cues. He's stressed out. There's a gang per- patrolling the area, and he's seen he's seen the Walthers. He's seen the assault rifle. Little, little Margaret. Little I, Margaret. I love it. I love it. 
I'm very, this is terrible. I can't can't victim shame the little girl. I don't know. I know. I don't know what you. I don't know what you. But I don't know what you do. I think you leave your. I think you leave the body. Cops are gonna. It's gonna. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, dude. Someone's gonna call. Someone's gonna call. Maybe not in that neighborhood, but like. (laughs) <laughs> if there's a roving gang of thugs and cops driving around who can't find a roving gang of a hundred street, can't, street can't find anything, can't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're fucking useless, man. But yeah, Fred and Fred and Barney in that fucking car are, are absolutely. I found myself getting frustrated through the movie. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? They're gonna sit in the car and drive past. Well, there's the old precinct. Nothing ever happens to the old precinct." But, but but again, you're not. This is something. These are ideas that come up when you're mulling over something for a podcast. When you are watching the movie, you're not really like giving the movie too much grief. Cause it, cause it is, it's ninety minutes. It's like it's it's tight. It's it's, it's like a out. TV. It's like a TV show episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, assault on precinct thirteen, the stretched out TV show. Who are we giving that to? Oh, USA. Uh, <laughs> TNT. Yeah, I was gonna say it might be too violent, but like if you if you took some of the vi- stripped some of the violence out of it. Mm-hmm. Because I do love, I loved all the squibs, like, all the physical, the fact that when people get shot, like, not only do they, like, they, they fall, they don't fly back all, like, you know, cartoonish, mm. they just drop dead, like, they drop, like, a foot, they either scream and, and fall over, or they just fall over dead. They're done. But, like, yeah. the squibs, the squibs pop out, like, pretty, like, pretty aggressively, not, like, you know, not the like squibs. Tarantino, not like Tarantino, where it's, like, you know buckets of blood but just like you know the blood packets pop and they just bleh. like when that old policeman comes out it's like bleh, he just he, nearly like a family guy cut just just gets shot falls over <laughs> you're like damn well they did have the hey that's not rain <laughs> just like oh my god Q slayer um, a movie that I was going to quantify with uh, Assault on Precinct 13 is that uh, I watched Train to Busan Still have the to past see few that. months. I haven't seen it. So Train to Busan, do recommend. I do recommend it. It's good. Um, it has the same qua- uh, quality where it's like you get a little bit of character development about like these three or four different characters who are from different walks of life. Yeah. And then they coalesce and like team up to survive this like horrific, you know, zombie attack on yep. this train. Um and it's rad. The movie's rad, but um, I am I'm I'm sick of zombies. I'm sick of zombies. Like I know people. Every time people like a new movie will come out or whatever that takes a new take, and it's like they've revived the zombie genre. But like just collectively as a whole, it's like I get it. I get it. You know, like, I, I, it's even spooky. It's even spookier when you watch a movie like this, where it's like it's just a group of guys. Just a group of it's just a group of guys. They're acting crazy. Like that's what's going to go down. They're fucking like, nuts. They yeah, and they're yeah. coming out of the sewers, and they're <laughs> yeah. coming out of the darkness. <laughs> right. And right. The, when Wells gets in the car, and you think he's gonna get away, I was and just like, gonna bring this up. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was like, this is too smooth of a getaway. He's not getting out of here. <laughs> There's no fucking way. Pop pops up behind him like an assassin. <laughs> it reminded me of Silence of the Lambs when Hannibal sits up in the ambulance and pulls off the face. <laughs> I was like, you know what's about to happen right now. And then he's, 
the officer's optimism too when he's like maybe it was just a broken window <laughs> he's driving off I assume that was like some just immediate self denial. Yeah, <laughs> just some raw self denial. He was grinning maybe. too, though. It's like, well, yeah, like maybe <laughs> it just broke. The window broke, <laughs> and everybody looked at him and was just like, <laughs> "We know what happened." He was, this is this is fantastic. <laughs> he was hung up on his bad luck too. My whole life, Ooh. I had bad luck. Oh, this was oh another okay fun fact. Uh, shot it was shot in twenty days. I thought that was remarkable. It's very fast. Shot in twenty days. Um, another fun fact. Uh, precinct, precinct uh, thirteen is uh, is not precinct thirteen. It's actually it's precinct nine, division thirteen. All right. <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a forest moon vendor situation there. I'm I'm gonna need some explanation. I'm writing to, I'm writing <laughs> John Carpenter right now. Man. Just, <laughs> please elaborate. It's because the title was not uh, assault on precinct thirteen. It was something else. So it's like the the police precinct and the division where wherever the building was didn't matter because the title was something else. And they were like, Assault on Precinct 13. That's what we're going to distribute it under. And then it's like, then you got a dumb thing in your movie where it's like, oh, you're going to this division and this. It's like when numbers don't match up and you're like, I'm a filmmaker and my movie has just been made worse by not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, tale as old as time. <laughs> True as it may be. <laughs> fucking with my movie. I wrote, uh... <laughs> When they back back when they're picking up Napoleon, uh, I wore Warden Mugatu, um, uh, <laughs> fucking warden. warden came out with that wild white hair, man. Oh, dude! Oh, yeah, and he's like, oh, this guy, he's just sick." Because that's the whole reason that they stop is that uh, Claudel Claudel has coronavirus, so they have to stop the yes, bus. Yeah, and, uh, he's he's very ill. Seeing that, and, uh, yeah, I was like, man, this is. I get, I just get uncomfortable seeing people sick now. Like even in movies, yeah, I'm like, get yeah, them the fuck yeah. out of there. You're not gonna be able to finish filming. They're like, we we got him into the, we got to get him off this bus and into this police precinct around all these other people. And I'm like, no, no, no. He's like, well, if it's viral, this could contaminate everyone. That's and then it. we just kind yeah. of forget that he's sick. <laughs> We're like, did he right, fucking right. die in the cell? What happened to him? <laughs> Oh, he gets shot. That's the thing. He gets he gets shot when they in the scene where they try. That's when I knew the movie was about to get raw. It was about to get raw. Like about like forty five minutes in, where they try and transfer the prisoners like back onto the bus, and it's just getting like sh- fish getting shot in a barrel, yeah. and like four of the cops get killed, and they're all like, just getting shot up, and the the police like the warden's assistant who's like transferring the prisoners gets killed, and you're like, oh fuck, like. The, 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 like the, the, I, there was some audible moments when I was watching this movie again alone where I was like, shit, like, uh, like that. Wow. Like I'm reacting like a real movie. Like I'm having feelings again. It was a, it was a great <laughs> movie to just chat with. <laughs> that's a story for another time. You're like, the, no, how about you story. fucking tell me now? Man. <laughs> that's, a, that's a story for another day. And it's like only at the moment of dying. <laughs> you know, if it's, if it's all right with you, I'd like to walk you outside. 
That's great though. That was some classic, like old school movie. Like leave it in the tunnel. Like, you know, yeah. yeah. Just, just like, and the shot just closes on that. Just walk mm-hmm. out, and you're like, fade, fade to titles. That great. was great. Excellent. I love an yeah. ending like that yeah. where they're just like, oh, when the, the smoke, you get the moment where the smoke rises after they've because, spoiler alert, this old ass movie. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they do, they do, a, they do a, they do a, um, a plant and payoff with the. Uh, the explosive canister. I don't know what it's called, but they just do a just a really sweaty exposition where Bishop goes over to the crate and he's like, "Is that acetylacetyl explodatate? Like, if a, if a bullet hit, if a if gee whiz, if a bullet had hit that during the gunfight, like this whole station would explode." And you're like, "Well, that's 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 you know, we're that, bringing it back." <laughs> I was like, "Well, that's blowing up later." Uh, thank you for that information. Um, when they shoot it and the smoke clears and it's just the three of them and 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 the cops come in and got a smoke got and a then smoke. we get our final we get our final got a smoke and then you know we get our mutual respect our mutual masculine respect yep. about the woman has left the scene because mm-hmm. we can't have her taking part in the mutual masculine respect no gotta the be criminal. only men <laughs> well, <it's>, I think <laughs> I think it has more to do with the fact that it was a a uh a black cop and a white criminal. So it was like a criminal and a cop, but they're both, uh, you know, of, of different strokes. Right. And then they're, and then they're, they're like as opposite as you could be in the parlance mm-hmm. of that era. Yep. And then they're like, and now we've come to, and now we've breached the gap, mm-hmm. you know, now we're, <laughs> we've, now we've, we've solved it. <laughs> that's a, yeah. Like that's basically like, we were we trauma bonded. We trauma bonded over this horrendous experience we've had because they kill they kill like seventy so guys. So many <laughs> fucking. That was like in um, of uh, disenfranchised youths who've been institutionally uh, oppressed by yeah, the government yep. to the to the point that they have to fight back and murdered in a tunnel. But and we and we feel good about it. We f- uh, yeah. We <laughs> yeah, as an we audience we're like <laughs> we're like God. Like, you get him, Napoleon. <laughs> the fucking the fucking riot shield that they made in there, and Napoleon's just holding them all back at a point. <laughs> I laughed out loud. I laughed out loud when the horde starts coming down the hall, and and. They just start battering at him, like just wild hands, yeah. like just bat, like it's just a just <laughs> right, no, right. It's like watching Mr. Burns fight, and it's be- it's better because you're just it's just very simple in camera, mm-hmm. no frills. It's like look at all just just a group of people just wiling out on these two guys, like that's crazy. <laughs> They're like that's crazy. That's okay. So going Looks back, awesome, dude. Going back to the to the zombie thing there though, like. Now that I think about it, I I think everybody much prefers to see a group of the undead, no human consciousness, being gunned down in a tunnel, as opposed to live hence, people right, where hence, it's just zombies. super dehumanizing. Yeah, <laughs> super <laughs> dehumanizing like, right there. Yeah, we, you and you and I watching it in in twenty twenty one are like, yee, uh, wow, I I. You know, I don't love cops and uh, feel weird about it. Like all the like, yeah. this is a weird situation. <laughs> huh. This is a weird situation. But uh, but here is a, this is odd. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's why zombies and like uh, 
robots as villains in video games a lot of the yep. time just because it's like totally. you don't want to just slaughter a bunch of humans no it's it it's weird you're right <laughs> it's weird it's, it's it gets kind of weird, weird. <laughs> it makes people feel weird you know <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah like now like the political ah, i don't know when when you view the movie in the context of like this is literally an old cowboy movie mm-hmm. jammed up with like a zombie movie and then you're like set in in Los Angeles of the 70s you're like oh now it all makes it all makes it like, it comes okay, together for the vibe, sure the vibe I'm like oh this is all super cohesive I get this mm-hmm. um yeah relevant modern times probably not probably not like, probably super, not you couldn't I don't know how you like that's what I that okay no you know what this raises a good question what did they do in 2005 I what did they do? What did they, how did they handle that? That's, you know? that's, well, okay. It's 2005. It's not like it's, it's that much better. <laughs> that's, um, that's, what, that's, what, that's what I mean. I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the, the cinema improvements are like the last, like maybe three years and uh, the, like 2005 is basically 1980. Like yeah. it's, in terms of like, in terms of like. In terms of politics and movies, like I've watched some movies from like 2006 where I was like, oh yeah, oh, like this is yeah. like not, not good. Uh-uh. Like this is not great. Like, nope. where, yeah, as, as compared to like you watch some movies from like this year and you're like, oh, okay, all right. Mac, yeah. Mac and I get a little bit high and we go back and we revisit old ones that we grew up with and just that mild high makes us see everything so much more critically <laughs> and sometimes we like them infinitely more and a lot of the time we're like what the fuck did we see in this to begin with <laughs> so that's what I, the, <laughs> it's good it's good to do the return analysis to, to wipe your mind of nostalgia yeah yeah you, you have yeah. to have those cleansing moments and just get rid of yeah. them and be like this needs to be left i think honestly past. nostalgia nostalgia is is completely overrated as a as a <laughs> Dead-eyed. Nostalgia's completely overrated. <laughs> <laughs> as a feeling, dude. As a feeling. Like, get hear me out on this. That's sort of part of the mission of why I like to do these episodes is, is like, I want to really unpack something for, for in you know, in all its many pieces and be like, okay, I can evaluate this. Like, I really enjoyed this movie at the same time as I'm aware of, like, all of its, like, you know, contextual failings. But in terms of like cinema craft and story craft and everything, so spot on. It's so tight, so great. It's classic. Hell yeah! I I I watched it again just to double check. Like it stands up to a rewatch. Solid. Awesome. Um, but I don't think that uh, I don't think that everything needs to be remembered fond. Like sometimes, sometimes like you need to actually go back and be like, oh no, it's bad. That thing that I loved when Absolutely. I was a kid is, is actually, ba- it's bad. I like a bad thing. You know, that's okay. <laughs> You're okay. But some you people I, you talk to, some people I talk to and they, they mistake their nostalgia for the qual- the quality of the actual media that they're talking all about. The, you know I mean? All the time. All the time. I know exactly what you're talking about with that. Yeah. All the, all the time. Yeah. You're me- you have a fond memory of something, but that doesn't mean, and particularly with uh the the mediums we we consume that's that's always what it comes down to like memories like physical memory it's that's that's a different story like those will always be yours personally but like art is objective and (laughs) there's always going to be one correct answer to if something's good or bad (laughs) (laughs) 
But this this is this is without okay, before we before we kind of move away from this. This is another interesting thing that I just learned relevant to this. Um and and then I'm going to pivot to a, an actual uh, formatted question I have for you. Um the format with which we ingest media actually has an effect on how we perceive it. So an example of this is when we watch a movie that's that's made on film, that was actually shot on film, um, like this movie, we are our brain is already making assumptions and presumptions, about, like based on the visual aesthetic that we're seeing, and we'll have different emotional responses based on that. Like if you use a instant camera, and you take photographs on like a Kodak instant camera or a Polaroid, and then you develop them, those photographs always have a different feeling. And you associate different memories with them because of the analog texture of the the media, mm-hmm. like that. And that's like a proven quality. Like if I show you images of your, of things that are like, you know, have a, an analog cut quality, like oh that looks like VHS or that looks like a DVD rip or like from a different time. This is older, yeah. right, or this is a vinyl and it's not like you're gonna have predisposed like um, pre-made like you know synaptic reactions to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like basically the lead the, what I'm where I'm leading is um, your job and like how you like you know just because I think that's an interesting little tidbit if you want to tell the people what you do yeah I do like, I do uh, I do video description uh, for a company so I it's, it's uh, for uh, blind visually impaired audiences uh, I in shows when there's gaps in dialogue um, I go in and I describe what is going on it's sort of the uh the standard that you don't uh, describe over things, um, but yeah, then we have VO people come in and uh, read the scripts that I type up. So, do you feel like you can get in the headspace of a non a non sighted person in the way that they like receive a story? You know, I mean, all like, sorry, no, go ahead. I'll I'll never be able to have that exact experience i mean i don't um i'll never be able to completely know what uh being well, what do you fo- like. what do you like what do you focus on like um the, in, in terms of like the way you write them like there's i get this there's there's a hierarchy of the most important things you're supposed to describe like text um is particularly important uh titles and such um credits come like that's a little bit different but um like physical actions super obviously super important you want to let people know what's physically what is going on like if there's a fight sequence those can get very tedious to write um and you oftentimes have to condense down what is actually happening and and get the get the biggest points For for instance there is a scuffle instead of you know Man trips man and man punches other man, etc. So yeah, sometimes I mean, unfortunately, sometimes you do have to reduce like fucking fights down to a single word. Um, so this 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 is the question I, I have for you related to, to to this. How do you capture let's let's say lost in translation, like a shot of Bill Murray being like n- almost like almost imperceivably sad. But we can we can like it's we only vaguely sense it in his expression. How do you write that out in like a you know a description? 
for like if we're just doing a slow push in on Bill Murray, you know, for thirty seconds, like, just looking like a looking like a mope, yeah. you know, like what do you like? How do you do you express that emotion, or do you just Absolutely. describe? Like, yeah, I I mean as best as you can. Um, I have thesaur- the thesaurus open on my browser all the time. Um, keep words as right, fresh dude. as possible. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that I retain the words super well because I can't tell you how many times a day I just I just thesaurus confused. And like look up I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you some some freedom here, because I've been thinking about this too. In the given that we live in the era of data and computers and everything, like you don't need to know. Like you, you always have the thesaurus right there. I have, like you always have the word. I it's have that. I have this right here too. Just yeah, in case. like you functionally, like it functionally doesn't. You don't need it really. No, you you don't. Um, you don't need talk good as long as computer smart for me. Compu- and computer will be smart for me. I trust Computer's- computer. To be smart for me. Computer do good. <laughs> computer do good for me. I'm so bad with computers because it's very clear to me that their functionality is far superior to like my actual like understanding of how they work. Yeah. I just know they work. I just know that they work like they do. And they will continue to. Works. Yeah, and only get better. <laughs> right. Only get right. better. Right, and only, right, right. And I'll just be like living in a ditch, like a, <laughs> with, a, with a blanket with over you, me. With your old computer yeah. slang over yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, holding. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping me warm from the residual heat. It's, uh. Anyway, man, yeah. I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm wary of the time. I know we've been going on for like more than an hour now. Oh my God, have I, dude, I completely, must, this is great. I completely we must. Like, it's. I mean, it's. It's two twenty. Uh, and I. I assume I'll edit a huge chunk of this out because we talked about a bunch of random. <laughs> but, um, That's great. That's the best. If we could loop back in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I appreciate you telling me about like about the job and mm-hmm. everything. I think that's super fascinating. I think like it's something. The reason I wanted to ask you about it, especially on the podcast and not just personally, is because I think it's a. Uh, just a super interesting aspect of media ingestion that like most people don't think about. The only reason I've thought about it is because I worked in a movie theater mm. and so people would come in who needed descriptive devices and, and you know. Oh, you provide dis- that at a theater? text and everything. Uh, Arclight Cinemas does. I assume AMC did. Oh, that's so cool. I had, shut down. But, but I you don't no need idea. to worry about that because theaters are dead. So That's true. Um, the, the theater goer doesn't need to worry. And speaking of which, what I wanted to get on here and talk to you all about today <laughs> is you should all go and invest uh, in AMC stocks. Uh, I paid $16 for three of them about <laughs> three weeks ago. Um, and they are down to $5 a pop now. And I have lost. <laughs> I have lost money. I knew it was a gamble. Thank you. <laughs> Hold the line. Hold the, I'm Hold holding the line. I have Hold the line. <laughs> Hold. I sign on Hold. every day and I go, hmm. <laughs> Steve decline. I, I love everyone. Everyone uh, from an online community gearing up together, coalescing <laughs> to get for so that some of them can get independently wealthy, and then when the people want to access their independent wealth, the collective group goes, "Wait, what?" And then everyone finds out that they were all just in it for the money in the first yeah. place. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I knew it was a gamble. What did I knew it was what? a gamble? This isn't, this isn't a print. This isn't a principled uh, uh, political movement against the man. What is, it was oh, I, just, I, I was like, oh, I want to learn about stocks. I'll fucking jump on this train. <laughs> just lost money immediately. Yeah. It'll you be know. back. Yeah. It'll be back. And he, and he, anyway, and we'll lose um, it again. Do you have any? Um, do you 
Do you have anything you want to talk about? Any closing statements in the movie? Uh, any pluggables you want to plug? Or anything you want to tell the people about before we end this episode? Yeah, I want to say go watch Assault on Precinct 13. It was great. Um, yeah, don't. It's, it's great to watch from a present day context. There's a lot of uh, questionable material in there. But as a film itself... Um, it was it Dude. was just solid. It was tight. It, it kept moving. The momentum was great. It's just fun. Like either you don't have to read too far into everything. It was a fun. It was a fun movie to watch. It was a. Bl- As for, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you. I mean, it, I knew when you, when I was watching it because I I mean behind the curtain here I make the lists for the the people pick and I know Pace likes uh, John Carpenter. I do. Um, but I because I he hadn't seen it. And I hadn't seen it. As soon as they started watching, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you texted me, and we were like, wild. You know, this is wild. And you're like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Don't tell me anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, but as soon as the movie like started, I'm like, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. It, like, it, it, basically, it when, they dip, when they put their hand in the blood bowl, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Um, so I want to say um, my girlfriend and I are going to be releasing a podcast called The Archives shortly. Just recorded our first episode. we got some editing to do. Um, but go look for that shortly on where, uh, where, where podcasts are found. We go back and we review um, bad old work. Um, we're, we're reviewing one of her screenplays from when she was a freshman in college. Uh, and it's been it's been a blast. It's it's fun to go back and revisit the bad shit. So. That's a sick. That's a that's an awesome idea, actually. Thank you. We we have that's a an lot awesome of fun. idea. And if you would be so kind as to you know, I don't want to force myself upon you. There's no the forcing. We would you, love to have you. On. If in the future, I would love to partake. In we that. would love to have you on. It's great. We just we read two pages, and yeah, it's just. It's roasting it. It's keep it, but it's not. It's, it's not just gonna punching be tough. It's, it's just. It's just gonna be tough. Like when you when you go back and you read my so stuff hard. and you're like, oh, it's still good. And it's like, it hasn't aged a day, dude. It's still moving on to our next guest. <laughs> but yeah, so like you know, yeah, if you, if you, you, your podcast blows up and you have your guests come back, like this is the screenplay I did for uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, it's has starring Shia LaBeouf. Like you want to? It's my old work that uh, you know. What do you think about this? <laughs> wow, I'd love to buy this from you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> can I get? Can I get? Can I get an autograph, please? <laughs> but um. Anyway, man. Yeah, that's what John I got. John Carpenter, dude, sick dude. John Carpenter, John dude. Carpenter. Thank you for having yeah. me on. So this was such a blast. It's great to see your face. It's been well over a year since I've actually seen your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great. Yeah, man, you look good. You look healthy. You look healthy too, man. The, the mustache is healthy. The haircut's healthy. Seriously, thank you for having me on. This was a blast. This was this was fantastic. I don't buy that. That whole like we live in pods forever now and society is <laughs> just Jeff B, everything's gonna be delivered in tubes and shit. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> everyone, everyone, like, did we have we not learned, dude? Everyone, everyone is like, we're gonna have people in the seventies were like, we're gonna have flying cars by the two thousand. Okay, so everyone right now who's like, everything's gonna be delivered by drone, and we're not gonna go anywhere, and we're not gonna live online. It's like, fuck off, dude. Not, like, not, it's not happening. Now roll me it's back into happening. the ditch and hand me a laptop. I'm cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
what looking back on it like it was a cool performance but like I just I just don't the weekend makes me uneasy like there's something about him I like, he's just, oh you're talking about the halftime yeah show. I, 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 I sidebar the commercials but, the half if you not oh the halftime show I again I didn't watch you feel uneasy about the weekend why there's he it's he's not he's definitely not a he's definitely one performing okay one performing at the Super Bowl is very difficult you're performing in a non music centric venue on the field on a stage that's set up in like 15 minutes you know and you're also playing to a live audience at the same time as a TV audience I recognize it's very difficult and especially the weekend who's like you're in the booth stay in the booth. Like you're not really a dancer. That, you're not really, that uh, was kind of like, his presence was yeah. just weird. Um, yeah, he's like a microphone guy. He's, he's a, like, hey, I'm in the he, yeah. I'm in the studio. I'm gonna sing. I sing my my Zanny songs, my sexy Zanny songs, and I like the weekend. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like his music. <laughs> it's too catchy. That's it's what I too mean, catchy. I have just, to decipher if I think something is good or if it's just catchy. Like I have to. It's ex. Uh, it's acceptable. It's acceptable. It's like if you're if you if you're taking a long car ride and you got a playlist and it's like you know it's dark and there's some headlights on the road, you're driving. Sure, the know, weekend comes. Out some weekend can be in the mix and you're like you know not gonna be this furious. Is, right, better than elevator music. It's better than elevator. I've t- I've t- I've tampered my temper, man. I'm t- I'm toning yeah. it down. I can't yell about. That's it what I, that's no, but that's that's what I mean. Like that's where you and I just become like just quietly pedantic music gentlemen. Yes. Where it's like the weekend. That's the weekend. That's better than elevator music. All right, moving Dirt on. Bind. <laughs>